this is Dead Stats Are Live, and of course, this and every Saturday, we come to you with this radio program. The last few weeks, as today, I'm live from uh, Oxford, uh, where I'm teaching at Oxford University this autumn, as they say here, not fall. And, uh, and so, so glad to be able to join with you. We are still broadcasting from our home studio in Chicago, Illinois, to uh, partners and affiliates, all different kinds of networks, um, all around uh, the country, and of course, some of you listening online as well. By the way, if you don't know, you can actually listen always um, online, and and uh, and you don't have to listen live Saturday morning. Not that we don't want you to listen live. It is called Ed Stetzer Live. My guests are live. We're gonna have a live conversation, but um, but you can actually go to edstetzerlive.com and click through. And there's a couple things there. You can uh, get the Moody Radio app. You can subscribe to this as a podcast. There's all kinds of options for you to do so because we have some great and fascinating conversations on an ongoing basis. I mean, want to invite you to uh, to listen in whenever you would like to listen in as well. So again, I mentioned my name is Ed Stetzer. If you're new to the program, I uh, lead the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. I'm a dean and professor at Wheaton, and uh, of course now I'm I'm actually living overseas uh, and serving here through the rest of the year on sabbatical from that role as well. But we're having some great conversations and want to continue to have those great conversations. I want to tell you about my guests today. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, well, living your purpose, finding your purpose, discovering your purpose, and what purpose means and how purpose works. Um, it's 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 complicated and not complicated. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of my guests. Let me tell you about my two guests. Uh, Bill uh, Denzel has more than 25 years of experience in the publishing industry. He served as chief marketing officer, chief creative officer, and vice president of publishing at GL Publishing Regal Books, vice president of marketing at Barna Group, publisher at Johnny and Friends, and he has co-written uh, You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling and Create the Life You Were Meant to Live. Dr. Stephanie Shackelford is a senior fellow at the Barna Group, primarily studying vocation and calling. In 2012, she founded a career coaching company and has helped um, hundreds of students, recent grads, working professionals live into their purpose. She's an adjunct instructor at Vanderbilt, co-written this book, You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling and the Life You Were Meant to Be. We're actually going to give away a few copies of the book through the show to some of our great, amazing people who have great comments or questions. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But let's talk and uh, just welcome both of our guests. So thank you both for joining us today here on Ed Stetzer Live. Thanks, Ed. Thanks so much for great having to be us. Here. Oh, great, great, great. Good, good. Well, let's start. Let's And let's go to ladies first. So we'll go first to Stephanie. Stephanie, um, you're, I mean, the whole idea of purpose is kind of an interesting thing. I just, you know, I spent this morning, I know it's morning where most of the people are listening, but I spent this morning going up through the Cotswolds in, uh, in, in the UK here in England. And, you know, I kind of think back, like, I mean, these, we went to some churches and homes that were built in the 1300s and the 1400s. And, and, you know, I, I wonder to, as we think about purpose, how would people think of their purpose um, as we're going to talk specifically about followers of Jesus. But I wonder, you know, like today, this is a, I mean, best-selling books are written on this, and, and, and yours is probably not sold as much as Purpose Driven Life, but maybe close. <laughs> um, and so, um, but, but the idea of, of purpose, my daughter goes to university, that's, uh, that's the theme, the tagline is, find your purpose, Cal Baptist University. And, 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 I, and I wonder too, like, have people always thought the same way? This is a bigger question, but how do we think about purpose over, the, to, over time, and how do we think about purpose today. Does that, does that, my question make sense? I kind of rambled a little bit there. Yes. Yes. I think so. I think, um, 
now maybe more than ever, this topic of purpose is one that we are all wanting to answer. We all want to know, what am I meant to do with my life? How, how do I make the best next decision? And you know, now more than ever, we have so many options available to us and we have so much information thrown our way. And so it can feel very overwhelming. Whereas in the past, um, your vocation or your work might've been selected for you, or there are a few uh, different paths, maybe based on your family that you were aware of or could take. And um, that's just really expanded. And so that's wonderful in some respects and other respects, it is overwhelming and confusing. And so it leads a lot of people to ask this question of what is my purpose? What am I meant to do? And I think one thing we'll all note up um, at the beginning, when we talk about purpose and vocation, we're not just talking about work, although that certainly can be a big part of what we do with our day-to-day life, but it's really bigger. How we define that is really all the special activities that God created you to perform in the world. So this is a fulfillment of his intention and design for you. And this will naturally result in service or benefit to others. And so if we think about that, that thanks. Yeah. As we think about that on a big scale, um, there's lots of different directions that we can go with that in our life, not just our work, although that can certainly be a piece of it. Yeah. And I, I do think it, in a sense, it is something that is much more thought about today. And again, that was my rambling question at the beginning, because I, I imagine my ancestors who were, who were Irish, not, not English, uh, you know, they, they, they basically thought, how do we get food for the day and shelter for the night and things of that sort. But now we have people, I mean, significant part of our time in our life is saying, what is my purpose? What am I here for to do? Who am I? And so many questions that flow from that. So I really think your book is, is super timely and super helpful. And you're talking some about, um, about Bill, I want to come to you, about um, vocation. And so that's not a, probably a normal word that people use. Uh, we use it in academia. You know, I'm a professor at Wheaton, so that's a term we, we actually have all kinds of conversations about vocation. So would you would mind, define with me maybe vocation and calling the way you guys define it. Again, the book, for those who just joined us, is You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling, and the Life You Were Meant to Live. So help us, Bill, with vocation and calling and what the distinctions are. Yeah, <clears throat> it's, um, it's a great question because the word calling, it's, it's funny. It's used everywhere, right? And it's so interesting when you really consider the word, that calling, which, by the way, we, we think of vocation and calling as synonyms, right? Because the, the Latin root of, of vocation, vocare, means calling. So we, we really use them interchangeably. And um, so we think of uh, we think of it in, in terms of a calling, right? And and the word is used everywhere, even with people that uh, don't have any knowledge of or assent to the even existence of God, right? Uh, they use the word, but calling, when you think about it, implies a caller, right? So, and I think that we, if someone is calling, and we all deep down know that we've been created for some good purpose, which is what we think of as a calling. Um, and uh, we've each been made for something great. We just have to find the path toward walking on it, and that's really the beginning of our calling. When someone calls, you answer. You take action. You move towards the one that's calling you, right? And that's what it means for us to have a calling. And so, you know, that's, that's vocation. Um, you know, we, the word vocation we think of uh, often, I think, in our culture as a job often, you know, um, but uh, vocation, 
it's it's not your job. I mean, if you don't have a job, does it mean we don't have a vocation or a calling? Uh, of course not, right? I mean, you think of like the grandmother that takes care of of uh, her grandkids every day. That's a, that's a calling, right? It's kind of a, a sacred calling. Or the parent who gives up their paying job to stay home and care for their child. You know, the first question, I guess, is what we're talking about when we say job or work. Is it just what we're paid for? But it works a lot more than that, right? It's... it's um, Every stay-at-home parent knows that it's still work. Right. So, like a job amount of work, right? But you know, where, where else is vocation seen? It's really wherever people are doing what people do. That's where mm-hmm. you see vocations, you see callings. Um, whenever people are caring for others or doing something that makes life better for themselves or others, that can be a vocation. But not always a vocation. Sometimes we force ourselves to do it. Sometimes we're forced to um, by others. Uh, sometimes it's purely duty, but when it flows naturally from a place of love, even if it's hard work and it brings deep sense of satisfaction, that's a vocation. And like Stephanie was saying earlier, that, that uh, often it results in service, right? And so that when we act in service to others, that brings that deep sense of satisfaction. And um, that's, that's what we think of as a vocation. Mm-hmm. You know, in, okay, so in, Stephanie, we'll back find, oh, go ahead, build a little more. Go ahead. Well, I was going to one, one last thought there. You know, the, you think of an artist, right? Their vocation may not be the work they do during the day to pay the rent, but when they go home at night to do their work as an artist, that's their vocation. So it's not not your job necessarily that you, you know, that you use to to pay the rent, but it often is mm-hmm. um, what you uh, what you do out of love. So. It would be nice if it was your job, and I think I think that's the. You know, I'm the father of three amazing daughters. All who are in graduate school or college right now, and they're trying to figure out, you know, what is my, uh, what am I going to do, and how is it going to be meaningful? And Stephanie, you work a lot with some of stu- students and 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 others, and I think for a lot of them, they're sort of asking, and maybe maybe even some of the folks who are listening here are going to be like, well, maybe I should have my student listen in or have my recent graduate listen in, but. When we come back in just a second, I want you to kind of weigh in a little bit about, you know, do we just step into this? I mean, what is it? There is some generational shift. You know, my grandfather wouldn't have thought, how do I find meaning in my job? He would have said, how do I lay another brick? Um, And so what does it look like for us today? We're going to take your calls as well. So give us a call in 877-548-3675. We're going to see our conversation at 877-548-3675. As believers in Jesus, we know our citizenship on earth is actually temporary, but the days can be challenging navigating a world in cultural decline. A.W. Tozer brings help and encouragement in his book, Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. He tackles the how-to of confronting and battling worldliness while we live in anticipation of heaven. Be better equipped to take on each day. Read Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. Your copy is at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back at Stetzer Live, uh, talking to two guests today, uh, ben Den- Bill Denzel and Dr. Stephanie Shackelford. We're talking about their new book, You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling and Create the Life You Were Meant to Live. And so just before we took a break, I was talking a little bit about to ask Stephanie a question um, about discovering your purpose and 
And again, I'm thinking back, and I sound like an old man when I say this. I'm not that old, but old enough. So when I was a kid, you know, we just thought we had to get out and get started and, and you know, work our way. to. And then we didn't think about our purpose till later. And, and maybe maybe in some cases, generation four, we never got to think of those kinds of terms. So um, for a lot of young people, you know, I'm a professor at Wheaton College, um, and I'm the father of three daughters, those college ages. Sometimes they want to rush to that, wanting to be, they're calling to be quickly made evident and clear. But one of the things you talk about is, well, taking more time. Talk to us a little bit about that, Stephanie. And if you don't mind, you know, relate that some to some of the generational shift. You're not as old as I am, but you're also not, you know, 20 coming out of college. Yes, it's definitely a trend I'm seeing in my coaching practice is that especially young people are really eager to find that perfect fit, oftentimes in their job. And so they're jumping from job to job, seeking this, and they're really concerned about what what is this bigger thing that I'm after. And I think part of the problem is that what they're really chasing is something that is fleeting. And so in each chapter of the book, we talk about um, a myth that we're seeing as people are trying to find their calling, and then we counter that with the truth. And I think especially this next myth I'll share is one that really answers your question, is um, you know, we surveyed thousands of adults across the country and found that people are really believing this myth that life is about the pursuit of happiness. So four out of five adults believe that their ultimate goal in life is to be happy. And this is really something I'm seeing with this younger generation is that they've bought this belief that happiness is the ultimate aim. And the problem with this is, as we all know, and we stop and think about it, is happiness is like trying to catch a cloud. As soon as you touch the cloud, it's disappearing. And so really the counter to this is the truth that the pursuit of purpose is more fulfilling than the pursuit of happiness. And if we just go back to our previous um, definition of how we're seeing purpose and calling um, as Christians, our primary purpose is really being the presence of Christ in the world. And so our secondary calling would flow from this of how are we wired? How, where has God uniquely placed us in our life? What's our context? And so I think sometimes um, what I'm seeing in my coaching practice is uh, people right out of college or even in college are trying to kind of bypass this step of understanding what they're even after and bypassing understanding how God has even wired them or the opportunities he's placed around them and are just trying to find this external happiness to address this dissatisfaction that they're experiencing. Yeah. Fascinating. And I, and I think, I think, um, helpful, some of the research you walked through as well. Um, you talk and, and, and really you, you mentioned already that you sort of engage myths in each chapter, which, which I think is, is super helpful. Yes. And then, but you then point people to some of that, Research. Maybe, maybe, Bill, we could have you kind of walk through. Uh, well, first, let's walk through the, the four-step process. Let's talk a little bit about that. And if you could share a little bit, and then Stephanie, just come in afterwards and, and add anything you want to add to Bill's description through there. Talk to us about that, Bill. Yeah, at Barna, we, we kind of approach uh, projects um, with a four-step, that four-step research process, which really we've kind of uh, uh, labeled with these four Ds. Define is the first step. Discover then decide, and then do, right, take action. So in this book, what we've tried to do is apply it to you. So it's a research project about you. 
you know, because, I mean, Ed, you're a researcher, and you, researcher, research is not about facts and data, really. It's about people and their behavior, right? So we took these four steps that we would apply to a research project and applied it to people's deepest questions. Who am I? What am I here for? And so that process started with define, starts with defining your objective for the process and, and looking at your current situation. That's where we set our intention. We want to know what to do with our one and only life on Earth. So we, we just step back and say, okay, this is what I'm, this is what I'm, I'm setting out to do. I'm going to look at who I am, what I'm all about, kind of how I'm wired, and then figure out where to go from there. So the next, the next D is discover. That's the second phase, and that's the main research part. We gather information about ourselves, our context, and our times. So when we think of it, uh, we think of it as um, three circles of a Venn diagram, right? So there's the self. That's the first circle, who you are, your passions, um, the things that, that you love, that come, kind of uh, that drive your heart, your propensities, the talents that you have, the, um, the uh, things that other people tell you you're good at, and also your pain, you know, the, the kind of the tough spots of your life also to help to define what you're here on earth to do. And then the second circle of that Venn diagram is your context, where you are, the people in place that you've been put in intentionally by our creator. It's really no accident that you find yourself living in a certain point in time or that you find yourself living around a certain group of people. Your, your calling will be found there as well. And then the last circle is your times. We, we'd like to um, understand when we are, you know, um, at what moment in history that we're living in, and that can help to define uh, what, we, what we're here to do in our calling. So in the, the point of overlap of those three circles is where we find the options. Those are the options that are before you. And so we look at that, the things that fall in that overlap area of the Venn diagram. And then from there, we ask people to decide. That's the, the third D. We look for our, where our interests, desires, gifts, and overlap with our opportunities as defined by our people, place, and times. That's our list of options. Then from those options, we encourage people to pick the ones that sound best to them. Which ones sound fun to you? Which one's going to get your heart racing? And choose those. That's the thing, is we want it to be fun. We want it to be something that uh, sparks your, you know, your passions and your heart, not, not out of duty. That's, that's such a key point. And then the fourth D is do. Take action and try out those options. And we have all kinds of activities in the book that help people walk through that. Um, and suggest things that they can try. And that's really the key word that we, that we want to communicate is try things. Do uh, informational interviews, do internships, do volunteer work, low-risk experiments to gain some experience to see whether you actually enjoy that work as much as you thought or that activity that you think is what you're being called to. That's the main step, taking action. Because, you know, you can't steer a, a car that's standing still and you can't balance on a bike that's not moving forward. So we ask people just to start moving forward and, and your calling will begin to unfold. We want to take the pressure off and say, try things that sound fun to you and uh, just see what starts unfolding as you move forward. Hmm. Fascinating. Stephanie, what would you add? Yes, I would just add that to remember that this is all a process and a journey. And so, again, one of the myths that we uncover is that we all tend to believe that the best way to get from point A to point B is a straight line, when really life rarely follows this direct of a path. And you really just need a general idea 
of where you're headed. And so if you think of any good story, it involves ups and downs and conflict. I mean, the Lord of the Rings, um, Frodo doesn't just throw the ring in the trash can. That wouldn't be a story. <laughs> um, he goes through a big journey uh, to get there. And so the same is true for our life. And to, so I think that um, although we, you know, we, we do have these four steps we walk through and it can be nice and laid out sequentially, um, we're constantly going through this process. It's very cyclical and we're constantly asking ourselves to redefine where we are and discovering new things about ourselves and making new decisions. And so um, I've just been walking with someone through a career change who is approaching maybe retirement age. And instead of seeing everything that she's done before as um, just locking her into this one path, she's doing something totally new. And so um, I think if we can approach it in a way that's exciting and um, seeing it as a journey, it can really take a lot of the pressure off. Okay. And let's, so let's go to some calls too, because I think people want to ask a little bit about that as well. Let me invite people. If you want to have your questions, you want to talk some about purpose and calling and discovering them as well. Our number is 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. And we're going to go first to Teresa in Pico Rivera, California. Teresa, you're live on the air with your question or your comment. Go ahead. Oh, hi. Um, I wanted to know, um, how do I find my purpose as a retired grandmother? Hmm. That's right to the point. So what what would that look like? Let's go to you first, Stephanie, because you had just talked about some, an, old, an older client, I think you said, who you were working mm-hmm. through some of those transitions. So, And by the way, too, let me also mention to Teresa, if you'll stay on the line, we want to give you a copy uh, of You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling, and Create the Life You Were Meant to Live. Okay, so grandmother, she's asking, how do I find, what's that journey look like? Yes, I think it starts the same place it starts for everyone is really defining why is this important to you and looking at your current situation Um, in that discovery phase that Bill was giving us an overview of. He talked about knowing really where we've been placed and who we've been placed around. So, um, you know, no matter where we are, we have people around us and we have things in our community or our area that are needs and we can really begin to understand um, where has God placed you and how can I uniquely contribute to either those people or those things or those places. And so I think that's always a really great place to start um, for the, the person I was talking about earlier. Um, she was, had been walking with a close family member who was in hospice for a long time. And through that really came to understand um, the people that had been surrounding her were all these nurses all day. And she really was drawn to that. And that was really the trigger to understand, Stand what God was calling her to next. And so she went back and got her CNA and, um, you know, could have just continued into a retirement phase, but decided that God was calling her to something else. So um, there's always a journey ahead. Hmm. Okay, Bill, what would you, what would you add to that as well? Anything else? Yeah, I would say, just like Stephanie said, it, it's the same process for anyone, whether you're just starting out in your career or if you're, you know, find yourself at a, a different uh, transition point in life. And retirement is such a big one, right? It's everything's changed. You're kind of re- resetting. And but it's such a I think such an exciting time because you get to reset and you get to do exactly what you want to do. And so that, 
that's like um, the first question. Is, well, the first step really is connecting to our creator, right? Finding our solid base and foundation, making sure that we are tuned in to the spirit and um, we spending that time uh, journaling and just sitting down and being quiet and listening, right? And um, meditating and, and hearing what your creator wants to say to you. Because the next step is to start looking inside yourself and asking your heart, like examining our heart and saying, what is it that my heart is getting excited about? What, what am I being called to? Because I truly believe if we're connected to our creator, when we look inside for the answer, we're getting in touch with our creator as well, because it's God's spirit that lives inside of us, right? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't uh, listen to anyone who laughs at the idea that you, you, your heart already knows the answer. I know it, sometimes it sounds a little fuzzy, but your heart is God's home, right? So embrace that. When your heart is giving, given over to your creator, you can trust what it's telling you. So that journey really starts by making sure that that's true, that you're connected to the creator, the one who knows you better than anyone else. That's the first step. And then tune into what is it that, what is it that I really want to do? Because we shouldn't be suspicious of that, right? Those are the desires of your heart that I believe the creator puts inside your heart for a reason. Like look into those things and then start just trying them out. I mean, you're in a great spot where you don't have to do it. Um, you don't have to do it for money. That's what kind of gets us, uh, so many people off track is when it's like, well, I've got to do this because it's the thing that's going to pay me the most. But you're in a great spot because you can just do it out of passion and like, and just that it sounds interesting. So let's try it. Look for opportunities to volunteer. That's such a great, you know, place to be. Love it. Teresa, great question. And uh, again, hold on the line. We're going to give you a copy of the book, uh, You on Purpose, Discovering Your Calling and Create the Life You Were Meant to Live by Bill Denzel and Stephanie Shackelford. We're going to continue our conversation with your calls. Maybe you got questions about purpose, finding it, considering it, helping your kids. 877-548-3675. One more time, 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back. Ed Stetzer Live. Um, I'm Ed Stetzer. I lead the Week College Billy Graham Center and am your radio host. I am your radio host this and every Saturday at this time. And as always, you can download these episodes. Maybe you're saying, hey, I wish my college age son could hear this or I wish my retirement age mom could hear this. Um, you can uh, pass this on to them. Go to Ed Stetzer Live uh, about an hour after the show. The show's the show's there and you can share it with others as well. we got some good calls coming in. As well, I think people are interested in the topic, and our number again is 877-548-3675. We're talking about discovering, finding your purpose. Uh, again, 877-548-3675. We're going to go to Verna in Calumet City, Illinois. Verna, you're live on the air. What's your question or your comment? Hi, how you doing? I, I listen to you every Saturday. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I wanted to know. What about the natural inclination as a child toward a certain talent or ability? Should a parent uh, uh, help, help children in that area? Or because parents, as parents, we sometimes try to direct our children in a, in a path we want them to go in order for them to be successful. Verna, that is a super question. I want you to hold on the line, too. We're going to give you a copy of You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling, and Create the Life You Were Meant 
to live. But after we have Bill and Stephanie weigh in on that question. So, I mean, first question is about, you know, how do, do we guide the kids on the path to their purpose? How does that work? Let's start with you, Stephanie. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, I'm a parent myself of little kids and I'm just even already seeing their unique wirings emerge, which is an exciting thing as a parent. But yes, you also wonder, how do I mold and shape this as they get older? Um, and really one thing we found that a huge part of living into your calling is really being able to try a lot of different things in order to choose. And so that was something we found that um, only about half of adults have taken steps to discover their purpose or calling intentionally. And this was such a key part of just being exposed to a variety of um, activities or interests, and, you know, particularly speaking maybe to younger kids or kids in still school age right now, um, per your question, is that so important when, especially in my coaching practice, when I work with high schoolers and college students, and um, one thing that is interesting is sometimes the only really career paths that they have considered are those that their friends' parents are doing currently, because <laughs> that's really all that they know of. And so the more that we can just um, broaden our children's um, horizons and give them exposure to a variety of different um, opportunities is so important because even if say they're very artistic or very gifted at drawing, that doesn't mean they can only be an artist. Maybe they will, but there's a million ways you could use that particular strength. So how can you creatively look for ways for them to use that um, across different um, spectrums? And so I think that's a big part of it. That's fascinating. I, I hadn't actually thought in quite those terms. Uh, Bill, Bill, what, what would you add? I mean, I think it's, it is a great question because we do immediately, we start seeing how each individual person um, is wired, right? Even from the earliest ages, it's their personality, but also their, like we were uh, saying, their, their skills, their propensities. And so I think we do as parents need to um, recognize those and start, you know, encouraging them. And, and like Stephanie said, uh, finding opportunities to release those. Um, it is, it is a, a question, I mean, I think it's, uh, unfortunately, privilege uh, uh, allows some of us to be able to do that more than others, and that's an unfortunate reality. Um, but how can we as parents outside of even the school systems that maybe our kids find themselves in, um, how can we uh, encourage those things at home, even through small actions? I think that's, that's the thing, is we just need to think, um, just really not thinking big grand um, ways that we have to send them to an art school or something, but how can we equip them if they're, if they show leanings towards being an artist, um, you know, to, to just in small ways, that, but, and, and just allowing them to pursue that and not feeling like, okay, that uh, they're not going to make a, a living as an artist. I better start, you know, <laughs> I better start pushing them towards that math book, you know, that math textbook, like, like my dad tried to do with me. So I think that even though that's not my wiring, you know, he'd make me sit down and do, and do math problems on the weekends. <laughs> and I don't know if that encouraged <laughs> me not to be a, a mathematician or if, or if the, I just was never wired that way. But I, yeah, you know, I you think we as parents, exactly. Yeah. Before I had to do them before I could go out and play. So, <laughs> but, nice. um, so I, yeah, we, we just, um, 
yeah, encourage people just to, to start small, try little things, um, activities, and, uh, and see where it goes from there and, and just encourage them in that. Um, we have such power, I think, whether we're parents or even people in other, um, you, you know, not, uh, not parents, but with kids in our lives, we can um, encourage those things as well. Um, in, and be, good, good, good. be dream releasers, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think I, I think I said, Werner, we're going to give you a copy of the book, You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling and Live the Life You're Meant to Live. If I didn't, hold on the line. We're going to do that either way. And I'm going to, we're going to go next to Janice in Fort Lauderdale. Janice, but before I put you on there, I want to point out to you that every day it is cold and rainy here in England, and you are living in Fort Lauderdale where it's 82 degrees and sunny. So I may or may not be a little bitter about that, but I'm still going to let you on the air. So Janice, you're live on the air. Go ahead. <laughs> That's fantastic. You're welcome in our home anytime. Come on down. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my question is that frequently the word purpose, calling, and mission are used interchangeably, but I'd love to hear your guests talk about the nuances between those three words and concepts. Oh, I think that's a great question, Janice. Hold on to because we want to get you a copy of the book. So, Stephanie, first to you. I mean, I, I think definitions matter. Let's talk some about, she asked specifically about calling, mission, and purpose. And what a great question. Go ahead, Stephanie. Yes, I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint her because um, <laughs> we tend to really use these interchangeably in our research, um, especially mm -hmm. calling and vocation. We, Bill had already talked about those are basically from the same, you know, the root words. Um, and then purpose, I think, is really can be the same thing if you're thinking of your vocation as the overall way that you spend your life. So that speaks to how are you a neighbor? How are you generous? Um, how are you giving back in your community? All, all those aspects of our life. And so that can be our vocation, our calling, and our purpose is, is found in that if we're thinking of how are we being the presence of Christ in the world. It is all those things. Um, mission might be the other, the odd one out. Um, we don't talk too much about specifically in this, in this book, but um, with other Barna research we've done called Christians at Work, um, there was some research about how we view um, work that is going to be more mission related versus other jobs. And the general American population tends to view these jobs with more esteem, like if you're specifically doing mission work, whether that's as a pastor or as a missionary. And something that we're really trying to show is, while those certainly are great <laughs> and necessary work to do, um, all jobs are part of our mission. And mm -hmm. God was working in all specters, all um, spheres of work. And so um, although we may esteem some more than others, we really want to break that down and, and show how we can really live out our purpose and our calling, no matter what work we're doing. It's really, how are you showing up? How are you engaging at work? Mm -hmm. If you're viewing whatever job you have as a way to be Christ in the world, then that is a mission. Mm. Okay, good. I like that. And, and helpful. I mean, again, I don't think you disappointed. I think you brought clarity of the approach that you're taking. Uh, one of the things, too, is you've mentioned Barna a few times. So Barna Research is an organization that does research on uh, church culture, um, you know, generational research, things of that sort. I, I do a little work with them, um, but this book is actually the forwards by uh, my friend, David Kinnaman, who will actually be be joining me here over in the UK later this year. And it's, it's gonna have some, a, a, a research component, research basis, 
And I want to talk about more about that in just a second. And we got one more segment for your calls as well. Again, the phone number is 877-548-3675. 877-548-3675. And we're talking some about purpose, finding it, what it is. Again, the book is You on Purpose. Discover your calling and create the life you were meant to live. Your calls, again, one more segment, 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back at Stetzer Live, our last segment in this program, talking uh, about a new book, You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling, and Create the Life You Were Meant to Live. For the break, I was talking a little bit about the research. Um, I'm kind of passionate about research. I like books and conversations based on research. So I want to ask, and I, you know, if one of you is more versed in it than the other, that, that's fine too, but I'm going to throw it to you, Bill, um, and say, can you tell us a little bit about the research uh, that went behind the book? Um, it, came, it came out um, last year uh, based on this research project because it's got new Barna research throughout it. Tell us a little bit about the research. Yeah, well, we did, um, we did a, a big study, quantitative study, um, asking uh, you know, questions about how people found their calling, how people, uh, what they think about calling. We found some really, uh, you know, interesting things about generational look, uh, view of calling. Uh, for example, um, you know, only one in 10 uh, people uh, we found are purpose oriented, which is one of the key like labels that, that we put on it. Um, and that really like it's interesting that the um that we also asked about happiness and um uh, pe where people feel like what the priorities are we asked about work and their view of work um i think the quantitative thing the quantitative part of the research which is more of like the interviews and, and less kind of um you know store more story oriented and and uh, or the qualitative i should say the qualitative part um, really, uh, we interviewed people who were successful in their work, and that's what I found was some of the most uh, fascinating insights. Uh, one of the big takeaways for me was that the people that we saw and talked to who were really successful in their fields often had no clear idea of what they were going to do at the outset. Um, that was a consistent finding that um, we, we found that uh, calling kind of unfolds over time, um, and, and uh, I think that was a, a, a big insight as we kind of counsel people on how to pursue their calling. It really uh, was clear that you just need to start moving forward and uh, stepping into it and trying things. And then we can see it when we look back on our lives, we can see exactly what that calling was. But um, yeah, I think that's it. And Steph, I think, may, may be able to speak more into that. You know, she did her PhD on this topic. So. Sure. Yes. I think it was really a fascinating study. As Bill mentioned, we um, surveyed thousands of people across the U.S. who are working or have worked in the past. And so we got a really wide look across generations and different, different um, you know, faith-based factors of how people are viewing calling and work. Um, and as, he, as Bill mentioned, um, one of the key things we looked at was who is purpose-oriented. And so we define purpose, being purpose-oriented in your work as someone who strongly agrees that work should be selected for a higher purpose 
and that we are each made for a specific purpose in the world. And we really use this marker of being purpose oriented um, to, sh to find that when we are purpose oriented in our work, we have a much more overall positive emotional experience of work. We are more than twice as likely to say that we're very happy with our work, more than twice as likely to feel fulfilled in life overall. And those who are purpose oriented are three times as likely to be living out their calling. And so I, I mentioned this because even in the interviews we did, that those who really view their work in this way, that they really are selecting it for a higher purpose and that they believe that they were made for a purpose in the world, um, they are the ones that are really living out their calling in um, some unique ways. And we have some great stories throughout the book of, like Bill said, people are kind of stumbling into that. But then as they look back on their life, seeing all the threads that God had placed um, to bring them to where they are today. Yeah. And I think, I, I think the, the book with research and some illustrations of what that looks like are, are super, are super helpful. And again, the book I'm referring to, if you just joined us is you on purpose, discover your calling and create the life you were meant to live. And so when we're talking through some of these issues of purpose, you obviously, Stephanie, you've done, uh, you've done your, your homework here. Um, you know, it's actually Dr. Shackelford as a ED, uh, EDD from Northwestern University, uh, M ed and BS from Vanderbilt. And she serves as an adjunct instructor there as well. You also are engaging some, um, younger clientele in some of your work, which I think leads to, um, kind of a, a good question from Jerry. He's Jerry's in Huntington Beach. I think people are taunting me, calling me from places that are not <laughs> cold and wet all the time. But let's let's go to Jerry in Huntington Beach. Jerry, your question just relates to that. So just jump right in. <laughs> okay, we're definitely just calling to taunt you. Yes, exactly. I'm on the other coast from Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> and you know the weather. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to get to get an idea. Um, you know, there's much pressure on our young people today um, in terms of the decisions in higher education. I know you you folks all of you are educated um, and and college and, and is important. Um, that's a great thing. Um, sometimes that pressure though affects the um, young people's ability um, to to determine direction. Um, because uh, you said to try things. So, of course, I haven't read the book, so I don't, I don't know what's in there. So I said, try things. Um, you know, um, how, do you, how, do you, um, how do you integrate or reconcile the, the situation where, you know, not, not every young person is meant to go to, to, to college right away upon, you know, they come out of high school, they're, they're, they, have, they have no idea. Um, so uh, I'm just curious if you could help me to, uh, you know, is there anything where you guys deal with that in your book? Um, yeah, and, let's go. Uh, let's go to Stephanie well, and, the, and then Bill, and let's go to Stephanie, Bill, and Bill, and have them weigh in and stay on the line too. We want to give you a copy of the book. So go ahead, Stephanie, then Bill. Sure. Yes, this is definitely something I have seen in coaching um, that age you're talking about, and I've actually worked with several students that um, are in a gap year. Um, you know, between high school and college, really trying to figure out that question that you asked. Um, and, and you mentioned, you know, how do people maybe try things? And this is a big part that we do talk about is just going and doing and getting a feel for the work before you, you know, commit a lot of money and a lot of time, say, to college, like you said. Um, but this doesn't have to be 
maybe trying and you know getting a job place is this we encourage um, doing informational interviews, sitting down with people that are in career fields you're interested in, buying them a coffee and talking talking to them, um, and then seeing if you can shadow, um, be mentored by someone, uh, volunteer in a career or an area of interest. Um, you can you know test out different jobs by doing contract work or different project work, networking in different ways, doing internships. So. There's a lot of ways that um, students um, or before they go to college even can begin to test out what are some of these things that I'm interested in and get that feedback. And I think you know, one of the the um, lies that we can buy into, two thirds of adults agree that there's one best fit job out there waiting for, for you to discover it. And this puts a lot of pressure, especially on young people, you know, to commit to a major and find that job. You know, when we have this mindset that there's just this one diamond that we're looking for. And instead, can we help them just broaden their perspective and try different areas and see what you like about this? What don't you like about that? And start to hone in that way. Good. Bill, we got about 30, 45 seconds left. What would you add to that? Well, I would just add, we're at an inflection point in our culture where we're really becoming a skills-based economy rather than some, an economy that's based on uh, your education level. And I work, I'm currently working at LinkedIn, and our CEO uh, doesn't have a college degree. One of the hmm. biggest companies you know, in the world. Um, it's, a, it's just a time that we're entering. It's a great question because I think we need to take the pressure off of young people. Parents are asking whether the value is there of the amount of money that they're spending on education. And the, the key thing is to have a skill. I have a 21-year-old son who's going through this right now. COVID interrupted his, his college career. And he went back and said, you know, I'm not sure that I want to go back, Dad. And, and I said, that's fine. What you need is a skill in a field that you love doing, that you love working in, find that and, and chase that and try that for a little while. And if he wants to go back, we'll see if he does. But I feel confident that he will make his way with or without a college degree. Yeah, and I think, uh, remember, the majority of American adults don't have college degrees. And this is, of course, somebody who works at a college and university who would actually say that a liberal arts degree, if you have the opportunity to pursue it, gives you the paths to think through some of these things as well. So again, uh, but again, most American adults don't have a college degree and still find a path and a purpose as well. So hey, thanks so much to my guests, Bill Denzel and Stephanie Shackelford. Their book is You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling and the Create the Life You Were Meant to Live. Uh, let me also thank my behind-the-scenes team at Moody Radio, my producer, Karen Hendren, engineer, Courtney Young, and the amazing Charles working the phones. To hear today's program again, you'll find it in about an hour or whenever at edstetzerlive.com or the Moody Radio app. You can also connect through us through social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, is all at Ed Stetzer Live. And remember, Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, which is itself a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.